Welcome back to the Jasmine Star Show, a place where we discuss business, marketing, and everything that goes into helping you live a life you love and let's be real, deserve. Okay, so I'm gonna start with a question. Ever thought about adding a course, a membership, or a subscription, or maybe a digital offer to your business? Maybe you weren't quite sure about the timing, if it works well with your other offers, or maybe it's like, is your audience gonna resonate with it? Don't worry, I got you. We're gonna cover all of this today, and hopefully by the end of this episode, you should have everything you need to make a decision to start your plan and decorate your content. Yes. Okay. So first I want to tell you about the first time I decided to incorporate a digital offer into my business. So I know y'all like a little backstory. So here we go. I created a simple online store for photography resources. So these were things like educational PDFs about my style of shooting. We had email templates for how people can start engaging with their clients and short video tutorials. So this was the most basic online store to ever exist. I simply uploaded digital resources into a platform and I would link to it from my blog, from newsletters. It was very, very, very simple. And so That had been a thing that I had in my business for a while, and it served just photographers. As my business started to grow, I realized that there was a difference of having a business online versus having an online business. And so when I made the decision that I wanted to have an online business, I wanted to create a course. And I had this grand vision. And I'm just going to be very honest and let you know that we had invested a lot of money. So I thought to myself, well, I think that people want to learn more about marketing and branding. And I think I have something to say about this. And so instead of just starting Scrappy, what I did was I hosted a live in-person event, not just in one city, but two cities. So I hosted a 50-person event in Dallas, Texas, and I hosted a 50-person event in Los Angeles, California. So I charged a lot of money for people to come for a two-day event. But on the back of my mind, I was thinking, so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to hire a video crew, not just like one videographer, and I'm not going to hire two videographers. I hired a whole media agency. So there on this day, the event was called Path to Profitability because that's what I was going to name this course. I wanted to teach people how to find their path to profitability as they marketed their business and built a brand. Everything's working a-okay until the fact that we realized that when you're working with an agency, we had no exaggeration, I think 11 videographers, we had a sound crew, we had a producer and all I just looked at everything and it was just like cha-ching, 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 cha-ching and I was like, I am in over my head. And so what I had done was I hosted these two live events. I had paid for this agency and I wanted to have a high ticket course. And I was like, this is how I'm going to do it. And it's around this time that my mentor suggested for your first time ever creating something, Jasmine, do you think you should start a little bit simpler? He said to start with something simple. So we had this idea that we wanted to launch a $2,500 course. And so when he said, instead of starting off with a $2,500 course, he said, how simple can you make it to learn what it is you need to do? And so set up this big grand goal. The first course I decided as my first scrappy attempt at building an online business was called Insta180. It was an Instagram for business course and it was priced at $197. And I knew that I wanted to get it out as quickly as possible. And then the big challenge became, can we get this done in less than two months? And that's what we set out to do. Insta180 was inception, creation, getting it out, doing the whole thing in just over two months. And that course, for the very first time ever me launching a course, earned $255,000 in the span of a week. That blew my mind. 
It was just gnarly that that was the start of what we were going to do. And we continued to launch that course in Swan 80. And then we added new courses. And then I launched a membership as well. And my experience ranges from very, very simple downloadable resources and downloadable videos that people can download to their phones to courses, memberships, and now a SaaS subscription. So here's the plan. This is what we're going to be getting into asking yourself, should you create a course or a digital product? So what we're going to do is first, we're going to be going over the benefits of having a digital offer, the purpose of this conversation. And I really want us to focus on using a course as an example, because I believe that courses embody the most opportunities. And this is just my opinion. But when you're starting with digital offer, a course is pretty dang amazing. And then I'm going to help you decide if a course makes sense for your business. And then we're going to cover the work and the content that goes into creating the course. So does that sound good? All right. First, let's talk about the two main benefits of having a course or a digital offer. We're going to start with number one. Having a digital offer is almost a pretty consistent stream of income. And it's income that serves you even when you're sleeping. So once you've created and launched your course, it can become a way of pursuing passive income. And I say almost, like almost a way, because there's going to be like maintenance, client communication, and you're going to be updating the course and updating your site, but you can continue to earn from it without having to constantly trade your time for money. Your audience can easily purchase and access your course at any time without needing a conversion, a way to happen, a sales team. Like You don't need to close them. When somebody wants your course and they're in viable and viable, yes, both of those things, then we want to make sure that it's happening. Number two, having a course or a digital offer can complement your existing businesses and offers. Okay, so here's a few ways and examples of how you can pair with an existing offer. Number one, It can serve as an introductory offering, allowing your ideal client to get a taste of your expertise and your teaching style before committing to a large ticket offer. So let's break this down by an example. A relationship coach, let's call her Rebecca. She could offer a three-week course for couples that focuses on helping them divvy up the workload at home. Let's say a couple joins after three weeks and they experience less stress, less bickering, and improved intimacy in the relationship. Okay. By providing a transformative introductory course, Rebecca not only demonstrates her expertise in relationship coaching, but also gave that couple a quick win. This leads them to consider enrolling in Rebecca's coaching program or even investing in private sessions to continue improving the relationship. It complemented the course complemented her other offerings. A second way a course could pair with an existing offer could be as an add-on sale or as a bonus, where it can be bundled with your signature offer, your services. You know, it's going to be increasing the overall value of that purchase. So let's break this down as an example. A video editor, let's call him Kyle. He could offer a three-part mini course creating trailers, intros, and outros. His signature offer is group coaching for video-based content creators. So he uses the mini course to close clients who are on the fence about working with him. So this provides immediate value to his clients. It showcases his expertise in video editing, and it sweetens the deal when closing clients. Now, the third way a course could complement your current offer is that it could be a standalone revenue stream you know, as a way to diversify your income and reduce the reliance on a single source of revenue. So here's an example, a dance instructor. Let's call her Alex. Well, she could offer a beginner, intermediate and advanced dance course for her audience. Now this reduces her reliance on income solely from in-person classes and provides a way for her to leverage her online audience. Now as a bonus, if she ever got injured or had to pause her in-person classes, she could still promote her digital offer. Okay, so now that we talked about a couple of the benefits, which were number one, creating a form of passive income, 
Number two, pairing it with current offers. Now let's decide if creating a digital course is right for your specific business. There are three steps to determining if it's going to be a good fit. Step number one is to revisit your business goals. Step number two is to consider your ideal client and then your current audience. And step number three is to consider your bandwidth and your team resources. Okay, so now that you have a high level, let's dive in. We're going to start with the first step, which is deciding to revisit your business goals. Before diving into creating your digital course, you want to make sure that it makes sense for your overall business goals. Revisit your top three goals for the next six to 12 months. Now, if you haven't set those goals yet, I want you to like pause this podcast and do that now. Just set goals six to 12 months because it's going to be really hard for you to add on things to your business if you don't know what your goals are. So if your goals are revenue-based goals, like gaining new clients, increasing overall revenue, creating passive income offers, or diversifying your income streams, then creating a course might help you reach your goals faster. Okay, so moving on to step number two, it's to consider your ideal client and your current audience. This is probably the most important part. We wanna make sure we're solving an existing problem, not creating just to create a digital course or offer. Okay, so we're gonna pause here. We want to make sure that the course solves a problem. We don't want to create a course to create more work. So how do you do this? Or there are two things to consider. Number one, is this filling a need for your ideal client? Does your ideal client genuinely have a need for what it is you're offering? Is there a clear problem or challenge they're facing? Will you be able to solve that problem for them in this particular course or in that digital offer? So I'm gonna give two different examples, right? So The digital offer that I first created, well, that was email templates for photographers. So what problem was I solving? Photographers were having a hard time closing clients via email. And I believe that there was a specific email flow that was going to make people make a decision and then close immediately with that consideration, with that retainer for my services. So I created email templates. I sold those templates and then helped photographers book more clients via email. Okay, that was my first digital offer. So what problem was I solving when I created my first course? My first course, remember, shout out Insta180. Well, it was how to use Instagram for business. What problem was I solving? I saw a lot of business owners and they said, well, we have Instagram and we know that other people are using it for business, but we're having a hard time using it for business with a strategy. Great, I created a course to help solve the problem of how to get business owners using Instagram for their business and drive up the revenue. Okay, So let's move on to the next consideration for your ideal client and your current audience. Ask yourself, would they be likely to invest? Have they expressed interest in learning more from you? Does your educational content, like when you're posting on social, does it perform well? Okay, so let's break this down with an example. Let's say a quilt maker named Brandy. She has an audience full of super busy moms who love quilts, right? Like we're talking about, this is the kind of mom who has four kids, they all play soccer and she works full time. The moms in her audience, right? So Brandy serves as moms and those moms are all really busy. The moms in her audience engage with content that shows how to style the quilts and package them as gifts, but they don't necessarily engage with the step-by-step how to quilt videos. Okay, so then Brandy knows this. They're probably not gonna have time or interest in buying a how to start quilting course right now. So let's pause here. Brandy has an audience. She makes quilts. Her clients engage more with a particular type of content, styling, gift giving, gift giving, and then another type of content, the how-to, they're not engaging so much. What does this say to Brandy? That maybe her audience is not ready for a how-to 
course. They're not ready to buy something if they don't even have time to really engage with her current free content. Okay, so let's flip the script. If Brandy's audience is filled with crafters and DIYers who are engaging with her tutorials and they're asking her questions and they're soaking up her educational content, well, then then that would be a totally different scenario. They would be most likely ready to invest in a how to start quilting course. So let's break this and make it about you. If your audience is engaging with your educational content or asking more questions about your content, this is a very good sign that you could create a digital course or a digital offering and allow them to go deeper and invest more. Okay, so the third and last step to determine is creating a course a good move for your business is to consider the bandwidth and your team resources. If you want your digital offer, you want your course to be well thought out and executed, which means that it's going to take time from you and your team. Here's a high level overview of things to consider for bandwidth and content creation for what a course will look like. Number one, evaluate whether you have time to develop the content, set up the platform, and provide ongoing support to your students. Two, determine if and where your team can assist in the course development, in marketing, in customer support, in tech. Now, if you don't have a team, let's pause here. I did not have a team. I launched multiple courses. My husband and I were the only full-time employees in our organization. We had an assistant and we had a VA. That was the entirety of how we worked. And both of those people were part-time. That was the entirety of how we worked after we launched course after course after course. So like you, if it's just you or maybe a couple of VAs, you don't have like a massive team, you have to ask yourself if you can handle the extra work. Okay, so number three is to consider the costs. What will this cost? Maybe if you have a team, like their labor, software, marketing, all those things need to come out on the front end because that's what you have to pay before you ever sell a course. Now, maybe you might not have all the answers right now, but knowing what questions to ask will help you price your offer. We're gonna talk about that in a second. Okay, so when I first started, I did everything on my own. I created all of the content. I created all the PDFs. I created our own videos. Like legitimately, when I was uploading these videos, JD, my husband, would record me on a camera and then we would edit them. They'd be around four or five minutes and then we would edit them, which is just put them in iMovie and clip them and then add text to like Jasmine Star in it. And then we would upload them to an online site and we would sell them, I think, for $3.99. Everything. I also handled all customer support and I created the promotional content. When I launched my first course, I had mentioned we had an assistant and a VA. These are contractor positions because we needed to help them launch with logistics. We wanted to go bigger. Now, there isn't a right or wrong amount of the support that you need, but you do need to focus on how much time and bandwidth you have to present your offer. If right now you feel really stressed and you have no time, then creating a course right now, probably not the best time for you. You're going to need to create time to build the offer launch the offer, and then bring in the revenue. So we have taken the steps to see if creating a course is the right move for you and your business. Now, if the answer is no, and right now is not the best time to develop this new offer, I want to say good for you. Bravo. Like good for you for working on what needs to be done in your business. We want to make sure that whatever it is that you do, something new to create, you're going to be 100% in. Now, if we just got through all of these questions and you're like, yes, Now is the right time for me to launch a digital offer or course. And it does align with my business goals. And it does resonate with my ideal clients. And I do have bandwidth for myself or my team. Perfect. Let's talk about your next steps, which are planning and the conception phase. And that's going to like go into the overall creating the course. So awesome. But how do you get started? 
Now, before we start creating content for the course, we create a plan. And this plan includes five steps. Number one, determine the duration. Number two, set a price. Number three, create a timeline. Number four, choose a platform. And five, set goals. Now, after all the planning is done, then we could start getting into creating the course content. Now, the first step in the planning process is determining the course duration. So what does this mean? In this step, you want to decide, number one, what is the overall structure of your course? Now, there isn't a right or wrong. Don't get caught up in like, it must look a certain way. No, no, no. You just have to ask yourself, will it be self-paced? Which means they log in, your student logs in, and then they get to see all of the content at once, right? They get to consume it. Or is it going to be drip content? This means that every week you're going to be uploading the content for them to watch so everybody's doing it together. Or three, will it be live, taught live? Not a right or wrong. What works best with your schedule? Number two, you want to ask yourself whether it will be like a short, intensive course designed to deliver more concentrated information, like let's get it out as quickly as possible, or a more extended program spread over several weeks or even months so that people can do the work at a real-time pace. Again, not a right or wrong, but knowing this in advance helps you feel prepared and empowered. Number three, how are you going to break down the course into modules or modules are otherwise known as sections? So, Creating sections or modules will help you improve the overwhelm and then organize your content. And you want to do this because it's going to make it easier for your students to grasp and then actually apply the material. So I want you to think of a module like a book series and the lessons are chapters. So generally speaking, a module, ah, it's going to have anywhere from three to five lessons. So we're going to pause. Let's look at this visually or imagine this. You have a module. You want to look at a module as like a big book. And then the lessons are chapters in that book. Now you have a module, which is the book. You have chapters, which are lessons. So you're gonna be looking at how many modules are you going to need to have in order for you to execute on all of that course. So based on my experience, people prefer lessons to be be like kind of be between like 10 and 20 minutes. So each module will have anywhere from like 30 minutes to three hours of content. So I'm gonna pause here again to reiterate a point. There is not a right or wrong. I have bought courses where each lesson is four minutes. I have bought courses where each lesson is two hours. It is entirely on the teacher, how much content is being shared and what kind of like framework or expectations that teacher is expecting of the students. So you get to determine what's right for you and what's right for your students. So You're going to determine the course duration. Now we're going to get into the second step, which is determining your price. Now, this is where so many people get caught up. And I know that everybody feels like there's a right or wrong. And there's so many schools of belief, like to charge what you're worth, to charge a maximum and premium. Some people say charge low, expand your network, and then build ways thereafter. Guess what? There's not a right or wrong. You get to determine what that price is. Remember how I said in the beginning, I wanted a course that was going to be like $2,500. And I was like, that's where I'm going. And then I had a mentor say, great. You can charge that, absolutely, but why not start at a different place? Get to yes faster. So I went from a $2,500 offer to a $197 offer. Was there a right or wrong? Not at all. I just decided what I wanted to do to move faster and quicker. So let's have a conversation about implementing tiered pricing, which means offering multiple pricing options that each have different levels of access or support. So you know, access support. This is like a really cool thing. So we were charging $197 for Insta 180. 
And then what we started realizing were that people were saying, well, that's great for the course, but what I want is the ability to ask questions live or get continued support. So then we decided to offer a VIP option. So $197 to buy the course or $247 for the VIP option, which included six one-hour live Q&A sessions. Huh, that tiered pricing really drove up the value for me going deeper with an audience. So here is a few reasons why you might want to consider tier pricing. Number one, it creates accessible options for more users. Tier pricing will help offer options that fit into like different budgets. And then what do people need? Even if somebody joins at your lowest tier, they may upgrade later or purchase another offer that you create. Number two, you can create higher ticket volume. So what does this mean? Tiered pricing can entice more people to spend more money over time to access premium features that you can, you know, boost your overall revenue. Now, having options leverages the psychology of perceived value, which motivates buyers to go for higher tiers and then unlocking those additional features and benefits. And we'll pause there. There was a conversation between JD and myself as business owners as we offered this course, is we asked ourselves for 197, should we be including the live Q&A sessions? And what we came back down to was for us, could be different for you, but for us, we wanted people to attribute a value of the live classes, a value of getting their questions answered. People value more what they pay for. Now, there was two types of people, people who did not value the Q&A, so they bought the course for 197, and then people who did value the live Q&A, who bought it for 247. Now, that's like about like roughly like a $50 difference. Do I think a $50 difference was going to make or break us? No, but we sold thousands of units of that course and over 50% of them opted for the VIP option. That was just so much more revenue for a group of people who valued the Q&A. So, kind of just thinking about attributing value to a higher price. So um, number three, this third consideration for tiered pricing is that it can create like a downsell. Um, Sometimes they call it like a catch program. So tiered pricing can help you keep leads from going somewhere else. If they feel like your signature program or your premium program, we're going to talk about that in a second. Maybe they're like, oh, that's too advanced or that's too out of budget. Well, tiered pricing Oh, like you can keep them in your sphere by downselling them. Tiered pricing usually like, you know, it has about like two or three options max. I don't recommend going over three. It becomes like overwhelming. It complicates the decision-making process. And then people like when they spend too long to make a decision, they don't make a decision. They will either not buy or they just lose interest. So let's break down the three tier process. Tier number one, no, here's pause. Like this is just a suggestion. I am really going back down and distilling the stuff that I've learned, the stuff that I adhere to, but you're going to make it your own. I always say that people get caught up in the shoulds and should not. Like, what is the thing I should be doing? What I should not be doing? I'm going to tell you that I have experimented with it all. I will present to you kind of the things that I've learned that I'm adhering to, but you got to make it your own. So tier number one, that's going to be your basic tier. Now, this could include access to maybe pre-recorded videos and downloaded course materials. And maybe it has like a discussion forum or maybe has like a group for your students to interact with. Now, this tier is going to be the most affordable for like your target market. These are probably going to be a little bit more beginners in your niche and they want to learn the basics of what you're teaching without the extensive support. And like this right here, we're talking about that downsell. This is for the people who are like, I really want to get a part of that program, but I can't afford it. Well, if they do like a DIY option and it's fully digital and it doesn't require more bandwidth for your team, this can be a great beginner area. Then let's move on to tier number two. This is like your standard or your flagship offer. Like this is your tier. Now this tier could offer everything in tier one, 
And then additional benefits, like maybe you're doing live Q&A sessions, or maybe they get access to you during certain times, like office hours for personalized feedback. Now, it could be priced higher than the basic tier, and it's going to target people who are looking for a little bit more support or some degree of personalized guidance. Now, here we go with the tiering system. I have always believed that the higher a customer moves up on the tier, the more expensive it's going to be because they're only getting more attention. The more attention their business gets, the more personalized the advice becomes, the more they're going to pay for it, which leads us to tier number three, and this is going to be your premium tier. Now, this tier could provide all of the features from the basic and the standard tiers, along with a higher level of support. Now, this could be one-on-one coaching sessions. It could be small group coaching, access to exclusive materials. Maybe it's a different level of support. Now, this tier would be priced higher than the other two because you're going to be targeting more advanced versions of your ideal client. Okay, so after you decide, do I want to offer tiers? Now, remember, you don't have to offer tiers. If what you're saying is, Jasmine, I just want it to be simple. I want one price and one offer. Perfect, great. Okay, so after you've done that, am I doing tiers or not? And if I do tiers, oh, great. Let's start breaking down the price point for each of your offers and or your your singular offer. Okay, so there are several ways that you can price your offer. And I'm gonna be recording a full podcast on a strategy, a framework for pricing. Like we're gonna get to that. So prepare your hearts because that is coming soon. What I didn't want this podcast was to become was should you create a course, how to price the course because it's just gonna get too long and convoluted. I just want you to say, am I ready to create a course? This is what I'm gonna be doing. And then in a future episode, we'll talk about how to price in much detail. So we're gonna talk about pricing, not just for a course, but for a digital offer. We'll get to that in a second. Okay, so the third step in the planning process is to create a timeline. Now, a timeline should include due dates for each lesson or each module to be recorded, due dates for your platform setup, when you're going to start marketing, the course launch date, your promotional launch plan. Okay, like when we talk about building a plan, we are going to be building out a plan. How do we do this? Well, I want you to consider the availability that you have. And if you have a team, what is your combined availability, right? So we want it to be realistic. I don't want you to say, I can launch this in 58 days and it's going to kill you. No, no, no. When you have a realistic, powerful timeline, it helps you stay organized and ensure that your course is ready to go by the launch date. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to break down a quick timeline when we go through a content creation. We're going to go through that a little bit later in this episode. But right now, before we get to the content creation, I'm just taking you step by step on what the plan actually looks like, which is brings us to our fourth step in planning what your course is going to be and walking through that process. Now it's time to choose a platform. Now, choosing a platform. I don't want you to be overwhelmed by all the options you have available. There are two things that I recommend doing. Number one, research and compare your options. You are going to find a lot of different tiers and prices. So pause here because we just went through tiered pricing, right? We now know that as entrepreneurs, we have the ability to offer tiered pricing. When you go and start looking for technology, like where you're going to host your platform, what are they doing? They're offering tiers. Why? They want to include beginners and then they want to offer high touch value. So just keep your eye on what it is that they're doing. And I encourage you to research heavily, read reviews, go to YouTube, search a cross comparison between platforms. Maybe you ask other course creators, hey, what platform do you like? Why? Like I have found amazing reviews on YouTube for platforms like Kajabi, Thinkific, Samcart, Teachable. There's so many options out there. Like Pick the one that's going to be best for you and work best in your budget. Number two is to test and decide. So 
The best thing about most tech platforms, you do have a free trial or they allow you to demo it. And why not? Try it out. Use as much as possible to test before you have to pay. You want your students to do the work, right? And you want them to go to the course and you want them to do all of these things. Well, you know what they're going to be resonant with. So I want you to pick the platform that is best for you and for them. Okay, so the fifth and the final step that we need to do before we start creating content. Yes, if you're here and you got to this part of the podcast and you're like, Jasmine, this is so long. This is a lot. Oh, bless your heart. This is just the first hurdle of 8,700. Like if you're hearing this and you're like, oh, this is just so overwhelming. I don't think this is going to be for me. Awesome. I've done my job. You're welcome. It's not for you. But if you're here and you have an inkling or a call and you think that creating a course could have a profound effect on your business, then we're going to keep on this conversation. The last and final step is to set measurable goals for the course. And we're going to set our goals on three different levels. This is all stuff that I have learned to do because I used to beat myself up for this goal that I didn't hit or this metric that I didn't achieve. So now I break it down in three ways. Number one, a conversion goal. Number two, a client satisfaction goal. Number three, a revenue goal. A conversion goal, let's break these down each. A conversion goal could be to get five enrollments in the first month. That's a goal. Now, we just set a goal. We have no idea. If you've never launched a course, you have no idea if five is reasonable or not, but at least you set the goal because now you're like aiming towards a target. A client satisfaction goal could be like, I want to maintain course satisfaction of 90% or higher in the first three months. So how are you doing this? Like, well, are people going through the courses and are they giving you positive feedback? Like, that's a really good way. Like, that's a good goal. I want people to be like finishing, completing and giving good feedback. Awesome. Now, a revenue goal could be, listen, I want to generate $5,000 of revenue by the end of the first quarter. That's what I think I can do with this course. Great. That's your goals. Now, remember, your goals need to match your effort. I don't want you saying, I want to make a million dollars off this course, but you're not hitting your deadlines and you're not marketing the course and you're not creating free content to promote the course, right? Like you have to ask yourself questions like, if I want to close five people in the first month that I launch my course, how many people do I need to see my offer? Like we need to start getting like very tactile on what it is you do. So now you're ready to create content for your course. Now there are another five steps to make this happen. You're like, Jasmine, there's a lot of steps. Yes, it's like we're doing a do do of business. Step one is to get organized. And step two is to like set those goals. What we're gonna do right now though is to create content in five steps. So step number one is to define your learning objectives. Step number two is to organize your course flow. Step number three is to write your content. Step number four is to create your content. And step number five is upload your materials. Okay, so we're gonna pause here. Y'all have been around the block when I've done these podcasts. These framework episodes, they're very, very, very meaty. And if you are the kind of person that is driving or you're at work, I love the fact that you're listening to it. But if you want to go back and actually take notes, when I break down each of these sections, each section will have a series of steps in it. And you are literally going to be creating a map for you to do this. But because the team and I love you so freaking much, we've created a free downloadable item where we break down all of these things and keep you right on course for completing your course. Can I get a yes and amen? I'm not dropping that link quite yet. You want to know why? That's called a teaser. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a teaser. I'll give you that link at the end or you can find it in the show notes. Okay, so let's break down these five steps and we're going to be using 
for reference, a three-month course. So let's say you're ready to start your course and you want to get it out in three months. Okay, let's try it. I would suggest giving yourself a minimum of nine to 12 weeks to complete the content. And I will tell you how much time that I would give each step. So let's dive in. Step number one is to define your learning objectives. And I want you to start by clarifying what is your course aimed to teach? What are the key skills or knowledge that your students are going to gain by taking your course? I want you to be very specific and focus on the outcomes. Like as a videographer, are you going to teach them editing? As a dog groomer, are you going to go through grooming tips? As a jewelry maker, are you going to go through sourcing materials and creating? You got to get super specific because remember, when you can clearly outline the benefits and the results, you're going to increase your sales. People want to know exactly what are they getting. In each lesson, you know, and it's each like module and each lesson, it should have its own objective. So the course teaches you X, but each of these modules, they need to have their own objective. Now you can find the objective by finishing this sentence. By the end of this lesson, students will be able to blank. Like I want you to put in a specific action or what they understand. I want you to do that for every single lesson that you're creating. And what I want you to do is give yourself at least a week to do this step, right? outline. We're not going to get overwhelmed. Step number two is to organize your course flow. So you're going to need to create a detailed course outline. Pause here. You'll notice that each of these steps are building on each other without getting you overwhelmed. Remember, step one was basically just saying at the end of this lesson, they learn what? Great. Now we're getting into the detailed course outline. So I want you to think of this as a bulleted list with subpoints, so that you can see a very extensive overview of your course or program. Now, this is where you're going to break down content into modules. And then within each module, you're going to outline the lessons or those topics that you're going to cover. You're also going to want to arrange your content in sequential order so that each lesson flows smoothly, one next to the other. They're all like Lego building blocks. And I'm going to say, give yourself at least one week to do this setup. Week one, what are they accomplishing? Week two, very detailed outline of what they're accomplishing, which leads us to step number three, and that's to write your content. So I want you to decide right here if you're gonna use outlines, scripts, are you gonna use slides? Are you gonna pre-record your videos? Are you gonna do live trainings? This is where you're gonna actually develop your course content, but you're not gonna get overwhelmed. Why? Because you just spent two weeks preparing for this moment. So let's just say, if you're gonna be recording videos, you can use your iPhone, You could use a laptop for this. You could hire a videographer. Whatever it is you do, it's important that you write like a pretty heavily detailed outline or even a script to help you keep your thoughts organized and on point. So we're gonna pause because when I first created Insta180, I knew I had a lot of things to say and I wanted to keep it as organized possible. I don't recommend that you have to do this, but for me to make sure that I stayed on track and said everything that I wanted, I wrote everything out like a script and I used a teleprompter. I hired a videographer. You don't need to hire a videographer. You don't even have to be on camera if you don't want. There's plenty of courses where people will create a presentation and then they just voice over what it is. So they read their script and they're moving it over and they're screen recording the whole thing. I've seen a ton of courses work this way if you don't want to be on camera. But what I wanted to do was I wanted to hire a videographer so that I would be able to flip between teaching my slides and demos. But if you are creating workbooks or templates, 
This is where you're going to spend most of your time in this step. This is where the content rich. So you're going to be using this time to write text-based descriptions for the lessons and the assignments. You're going to be designing your presentations. You're going to be creating any other written material that you're going to need. Okay, so this is pretty heavy. You're going to want to give yourself like four weeks to do this. Now you say four weeks, Jasmine, that's so much time. You're spending a lot of time really developing and writing out what it is you're going to be teaching about. So step number four is actually to create the content. We've written it out and we're creating it. This is the actual course content. So if you're recording and editing videos, this is going to take you the most amount of time. But don't worry, the more you edit, the more you create, just the faster it becomes. Now you can record yourself using your phone or a laptop by using like ScreenFlow or creating your own like Loom video. I have seen courses built on Loom. Y'all, like the key here is to start simple. Now, if you have extensive experience and maybe you prefer to work with a videographer, like amazing, I would say make sure they have a teleprompter so that you could read your scripts and make sure you practice using the teleprompter. Now, working with a videographer, I'm just going to be real. It is easier because they can edit the videos for you, but it's not necessary if you're just getting started and you don't have a lot of money. So if you're creating a text-only course, like maybe you have like eBooks or it's going to be like email delivery, no problem. But this is where you're getting it all drilled down. Okay, and so I'm going to say it again. I'm going to stress that this is the area where most people quit. This is where most people get overwhelmed. They think it has to look a certain way and they think it has to look perfect. And I'm here to tell you, it doesn't. Your goal here is to keep it as simple as possible. And even when you keep it as simple as possible, I'm going to ask that you give yourself four to six weeks to do this step. So now you're seeing how long each of these things are taking, even with all of your full dedication. Now, step five is to upload your materials. Ooh, you have done the work. Congratulations. It's time to upload your materials and I want you to test links, test those downloads, test features on the platform and you wanna make sure that everything's working perfectly for when you open the doors and you start enrolling your students. Now, I wanna make sure that you're giving yourself at least one week to do this step. All right, if you are still with me, bless your hearts. We are going to tie this up with a big bow because what we did is we had a very high level view for you to work through is now the time for me to create a course or a digital offer. So let's break down as a quick review. First, we talk about the two main benefits of having a course or a digital offer. Number one is creating, you know, that beautiful new stream of income. And number two is that it can add to your existing business and your offers. We covered three steps to determine if creating a course is a right fit for your business. As a review, step number one is to revisit your business goals. Step number two is to consider your ideal client and your current audience. Step number three is to consider your bandwidth and your team resources. And then we covered how to create a plan in six steps. So that planning process, step number one, determine the duration. Step number two, to set the price. Step number three is to create a timeline. Step number four is to choose a platform. And step number five is to set your benchmarks and goals. And finally, we covered the content creation process for this course. Y'all, we went through a lot. Step number one, to define your learning objectives. Step number two, to organize your course flow. Step number three was to outline your course flow. And step number four is to create your content. And lucky step number five is upload those materials. Okay, okay. So just 
when you think there couldn't be more to this episode. The team and I are creating something very special for all of our listeners. I hinted to this just a little minute ago. If you want help walking through this entire process of creating a course or a digital offer, you can download my free workbook and it's going to walk you through every step that we talk about in greater detail. You can find it for free. Download it. Jasminestar.com forward slash digital course forward slash digital course. And we are going to send you a workbook to help you ideate and framework your digital course with digital offering today. Thank you so much for listening to the Jasmine Star Show. I am here to serve and I wish you well. <laughs>